Welcome in, and thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. Coming at you, giving you the best in Denver sports each and every week. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Red Rock Sports One. I am Jared All. Alongside me again, Connor Holskamp. Hello. And Tyler Walji. Hello, mate. Connor, got some big news hitting just as we're getting this show started. I'm going to kick right over to you. Let's drop the news on everybody. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure... Uh you know, as we are recording this on Tuesday, uh, June 8th, I'm sure many of you will have already heard this news by tomorrow, but it is official, Jared and Tyler. Nikola Jokic will be your NBA MVP, becoming the first NBA player picked in the second round uh, to win the award. So congratulations. Well, well deserved. And you know what? The one thing that's driven me crazy, crazy for the last couple months Every time I turn on ESPN, every time I turn on Fox Sports, it's the MVP talk, but it's always, what does LeBron have to do to win it? Is this a James Harden's to lose? It's always everything but the Nuggets. And Nick Wright, who actually is on Fox Sports, came out on Twitter. He's like, hey, no one likes Denver. It's a flyover city. It's boring. I'm so sick of all that. Jokic was by far the best player this year. Look at the, I mean, once Jamal Murray went down, what Jokic did to keep this team floating, I think it was no question. I'm so happy he got it. And this is a big uh, proverbial middle finger to the, to the nation. You know, start paying right. attention to Denver. They need to start looking at the Nuggets, the Broncos, the Rockies. I'm so sick of all this ignoring Denver. Good job, Jokic. You deserved it. And I was glad to see, at least throughout the course of the playoffs, the national announcers have been giving him his due. But and that's during the Nuggets been games, games when they have you're to. You're correct. Yes, you're right. If you look, if you watch first take or whatever it's called, get up now. That, that it's always anything but the Nuggets. Right. Well, and also now that uh, I mean, you know, let's be real. For the last few weeks, it's been pretty apparent that the I mean, Nikola Jokic to get the MVP as of last week was minus ten thousand odds, <laughs> right. ten thousand to one odds right. for those keeping track at home. Uh, uh, so it, it, I think once we reached that point where it, w- it became so apparent, what you kind of saw, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, is you saw the national figureheads almost reluctantly right. <laughs> kind of hopping in and Well, and they, and they didn't want to be the on last the one to jump on board. Right. It, right. So they started doing it. And, you know, you, you hear the narrative like, well, you know, it's almost always, right? They're almost always like Nikola Jokic. And, you know, it's well-deserved. Uh, you know, he had a, a tremendous season. But more than anything, he he played every single game and everyone else Isn't got hurt. Isn't that stupid? It, uh, that drives me nuts that the narrative... <laughs> is like, oh, he played every game. So Well, but I mean, oh, that was a big part of it. It if was LeBron, a big part. If LeBron James would have stayed thing, healthy this it's year. It's like the justification everyone has to give. Like he wouldn't right, like have, they have to put had he sat out a couple. It. Exactly. It's, it's like the they asterisk. have to put an asterisk no, I, because they yeah. don't want to just give him the award. Now, let me, let me bring out a couple things for you here. So uh, get your reaction. So this is the first time, like I said, that a second round draft pick has, been, uh, has won the MVP award. It is the third time in history that a non-lottery pick has has won the MVP award. Uh, the lowest draft pick to ever win an MVP re- award, I believe someone, and you might want to check me on this, but I believe it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was the 15th. <laughs> did I say that right? Antetokounmpo? I mean, you're, you're, that, yeah, we'll Giannis, let fly. Let's just go with Greek about. Freak, okay? okay. Uh, Greek Freak, who who is picked 15th overall. So... Um, and, Isn't that crazy? And, and 15th oh, overall, yeah, Jokic yeah, was 41st no, what's overall. What's crazy to me is when you put that in the context of oh, other right sports, when you look at, say, the NFL or or even go to a crazier extent, MLB or NHL, the odds to make it as even a first-round draft pick right. are like 
marginal at best. And you're telling me that every MVP this league has ever had, pretty much, was drafted in the top 15? But what does that oh, say Check to you? this out. You so, know what? The, well, go ahead, Connor. So, so I have it now pulled up here. Uh, so, so check this out. There have been 44 MVPs, okay? Uh, 44 award MVPs. Uh, Nikola Jokic is joining Steve Nash and Giannis Antetokounmpo as the two non-lottery picks to win it. But out of those 44 MVPs... 17 of them have been the number one overall pick in the See, draft. See, you know, okay, you know what this says to me? This says, in general, it's a lot easier to be a GM in the NBA than in the NFL. That's no I mean, kidding. If you have a lottery pick, it's pretty much a sure thing. You're going to get a There's player like who's going to contribute. There's like maybe one lottery pick a year that ends up as a bust. Right? Like maybe on one. Average. And in the NFL, I mean, it's what, half the first round picks now? At, at best. And and, and to, to call a bust versus just like a guy that becomes a guy, right. but isn't, a, I mean, a first round pick should be a yeah. star in this league. Yeah. So, so I got the breakdown here for you. There's 17 of the MVPs were the first overall pick. 10 of them were number two through number five. Six of them were number six through 10. Four of them were 10 through 14. And uh, four MVPs, Steve Nash twice, Giannis twice, have been um, outside the lottery. That's so, it. So we're Clearly, talking that's 25, 30% of the, look, the MVPs ever have been outside of the top five picks. Tanking should be more in the NBA. I know that they it's always discussed and it's always there's measures now taken to avoid tanking. Screw like the making seven, eight, the playoffs nine, ten. as a yeah. 10 games <laughs> under 500. I'm tanking. I don't look, care how look, many playoff slots you throw out When's there? the last time right. the Nuggets got that those elite picks? Carmelo Anthony, third overall. Uh, wasn't Ty Lawson. I, I know a lot of people didn't love him, but Ty Lawson was a good player. I think he was 12 overall in yeah, that range. Yeah, and uh, who was a, a Moutier? No, what, a, uh, Emmanuel Moutier. He was a top five. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think he, he contributed. Seven, maybe. Maybe well, seven? you could okay. check me on that. Yeah, he but, came from overseas. But, but, but. Uh, oh, uh, Jamal Murray was a lottery pick, yeah. I, I believe. So anyway, that's really well, interesting. what is lottery it, it top, is, top fourteen? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's fascinating. Um, you know, something. Wait, 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 wait. How many teams made the playoffs this year? I well, including the play-in games, twenty because it was ten in each. So division. you're telling me? Oh, it was way one more of the teams in the play-in team could have had the first overall pick. Uh, and this is not a reason to learn. Actually, to that's a good here. point. I am, How I am are not, you guys not alarmed by this? No, when no, I was bringing on. this I'm up, not a sure if that's ago. true. Let's, yeah. let's let's just pull the brakes on this because I am not sure that's true. Okay, I don't, I don't know if the play-in games little, but, get a lottery pick. Okay, I don't know about that. Oh my but, god! No, but, but but I see what you're saying. At yeah. least they are. If this didn't exist, and the nine and ten were participated in the lottery and so, this new rule wasn't around, they could theoretically... Yeah, so this whole idea pick. of preventing tanking doesn't so, so, prevent anything. Well, so I, I don't actually think... I could be wrong, but I, I don't actually believe that, that those playing teams get a chance at the lottery. I don't believe so. They shouldn't. If you're so, making it into the know, playoffs, maybe, maybe you check, should not but, but so have a chance uh, at the number one overall. Something else I want to just mention here is from this article on, on NBA.com. Um, when you look, so, so they compiled these MVP awards, right? I just kind of gave you some of these numbers. You look at all the other awards, right? There's most improved player. There's defensive player of the year. There's rookie of the year. Uh, you look at these other player awards, right? And if they compile all of those players who were not lottery picks, there's quite a few more. I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but there's quite a few of sure. them, right? Tons of defensive player of the years and whatever. I mean, there's there's these guys who are kind of, uh, you know, single faceted in their game and, and, and they're really good at what they do anyways, regardless. So there's a, a X amount, a pretty big number. Um, almost half of them are overseas players that are wow. non-lottery picks. So I think that goes to show, uh, and, and you know, Jokic kind of fits into that same, that, that same kind of category in that uh, maybe there's something to be said that 
you know, the, the scouting is just not as adequate uh, for, for players that are playing overseas. And maybe maybe someone like Jokic winning the MVP will turn some executives' heads and say, hey, we need to spend some more resources scouting overseas. Oh, 100%. So. You are going to see that progression coming, not just from Nikola Jokic, but some of the other uh, players coming from overseas as well. Uh, Luka Doncic being one, another one that's yeah, been a Giannis big star. Giannis is from overseas. Giannis is from but... overseas. I think you saw the same thing when Dirk Nowitzki was, was in the league and when he became a star he was really one of the first him and and uh tony parker and uh, ginobili Ginobili. that in that kind of era that was really at least in our lifetime the first time we really saw star power from europe and i think nicole Jokic is probably the result of that i think because you saw that uptick in in people in europe getting more into basketball and america going over to europe more to scout basketball you're you're seeing quite a few now um But still, nice job, Jokic. You know, that was, good for him. Well, again, well deserved, like you said, Tyler. And, and getting back to Jokic, I got my my stat of the week patented for you here. Oh, Let's all go. those stats! I thought stat one of, the of them for sure was no, your stat no, of the no, week. No. Okay, I, I got they two get of them for even you. Better. I got two. They do. The, the 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 rabbit hole keeps going. So I got two stats in honor of Jokic's MVP season in the NBA, uh, both regarding Nikola Jokic. So uh, we will go. Uh, the first one was. Uh, in this last season with the Portland Trailblazers, Jokic became the second player ever. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki in 2002 was the other to average 30 points, 10 rebounds on 50% shooting and 40% from three in a playoff series. Uh, only the second player ever to, to average those those numbers. So are we calling it the big white European stat? I so. So, you know, that was, that was one. And uh, this one's even a little bit more interesting. So... Until uh, so we all remember Game Five against Portland, where Damian Lillard obviously went <laughs> berserk, throwing up fifty-five that was crazy, you know, a like, double di- a double nickel on when us. he banked that one in. It's like get out, oh, no, 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 from I, forty feet. Yeah, and so, I, I hate the, how much I love Dame Lillard and watching yeah, him play because it's just like stuff. yeah, it's tearing yeah. your heart <laughs> apart, man. Oh. And, and so, you know, he got a lot of the headlines, rightfully so. He had an excellent game. I think even a lot of Nuggets fans could look at that game and say, you know, that guy was the best player on the court that particular night. Sure. It was unbelievable what he did. But um, I don't want to just completely ignore what Jokic did. Now, obviously, this was a double overtime game. So that and for Dame, too, that gives him an opportunity to score more points, right? To, to Essentially, really what, the, a whole nother quarter on, right. on the so, game. So we got to keep that in mind when we're looking at this stat. But um, here we go. So. Until Jokic's game five, that same exact game that Dane went off, no player in NBA history had put up a playoff line of 38 or more points, 11 or more rebounds, nine or more assists, and four or more blocks in a game. Nobody, not Wilt, not Russell, not Magic, not LeBron. Nikola Jokic is the only player in NBA history to put up that stat line in in uh, the playoffs. That's so, hey, crazy. There you go. No, And it definitely. just shows his versatility again in all the different areas that he impacts the game. We right. see it all the time, though. You know, I mean, we see it all the time. So I'm just glad he got the national recognition. But look, Nugs are down. 1-0 in the they were, and I was maybe, just going to bring that up forward. in action last night. Losing game one, mm-hmm. 122 to 105. Uh, it was a closer game than the score indicates at the end there. In fact, the Nuggets were really in control for, I would say, the better part of that game and kind of fell apart towards the end there. Uh, what What do you think the Nuggets do? How, how concerned are you coming away from that loss? And what do the Nuggets need to do to turn this around in the series? 
Well, to your point, Jared, the Nuggets were, uh, they did have a 10-point lead at, at one point in the third quarter. They had a four-point lead with four or five minutes left, something around there. They had a four-point lead uh, in the third quarter, late in the third quarter. Uh, so to your point, it, it was a closer game than it ended up really being, right? I mean, the uh, Suns really went on that big run uh, at the end of the third and also into the fourth. Uh, Chris Paul, who's, you know, by all accounts, nursing that shoulder, really started getting to his spots. He was making it. He was seeing his mid-range shots go in. He was playmaking for others. Um, he really kind of took over in that game. As far as your question, the level of concern... I'm going to put it at a low level of concern at this point. And, and this could all change by the time you all listeners out there are listening to this, uh, potentially tomorrow when the Nuggets play game two against the Suns. Um, but, you know, it's one game. It's, it's why they play seven. Um, and, you know, I think there, if there's two things that I want to point to that p- potentially concern me the most, right? And one of them is not much of a concern, and that that's Nikola Jokic. Uh, in Nikola Jokic's own words before game one, he actually said that DeAndre Ayton did the best job of anyone all year in guarding him. He said that before the game. Um, and DeAndre Ayton, by the way, he looks like he's like a... Fifty-five-year-old, like you know, he reminds me of is uh, the the kid that came out of Ohio State that went to Portland tra- Trailblazers, Odom or uh, oh, Odin, yeah, Greg Odin. Greg Odin. <laughs> Guy, he reminds yes, me I of him it. a lot. So, I saw him. I'm like, what is that? Greg Odin back uh, in the league? I know, right? But neither here nor there. So Jokic did say that that he feels that Aiden Aiden guarded him the best out of anyone in the entire season, and so Aiden's combination of athleticism physicality he's quick enough to to stay with Jokic a little bit uh, it's a little concerning okay well what else the other thing that he does that you didn't see from a guy like Yusuf Nurkic is he also spreads the floor on the offensive side which makes Jokic have to defend more area have to move more he, and exert point. more that's on a good defense. point you saw Jokic having to play a lot of that high pick he and roll should, and, he, he and, has to get out there just to defend the three mm-hmm. absolutely so uh, but you know I bring that up first that's a, a low level concern for me because hey we're still talking about the MVP of the league right I try trust and it's not just like blind faith right i trust nikola jokic's ability proven ability over the season over playoffs to come back and and realize and how he's like going to he solve it it's not like he was shut down last night no I but mean, you know he shot he shot 10 of 23 well. he shot 10 of 23 he was really inefficient he had 22 points off 23 shots so uh, that was not a good stat line i do trust nikola jokic to bounce back I just I mention it because it's a little bit concerning that Jokic seems to feel that Aiden of all people is is the one guy that's guarding him better than anyone. Uh, so he's gonna have to find a way. He's gonna have to work around that. Find I, a solution. I will still stand by that. No team can defend Jokic. No, one-on-one. I don't think so either. If you so that, are gonna try to. I will take that challenge any day. No doubt. And, well, or Tyler, you're gonna say something? No, I mean, I just think in in terms of I'm not scared about the way Jokic showed right. up or how he played. I think in general in the NBA you see the zigzag effect where the winning team is less likely to make changes because they just won the game and the losing team is not only more desperate, they're making strategy changes. So I just think that the zigzag effect is real. I think the Nuggets have a, a good chance to get the second win uh, on, on game two and come back to Denver with a 1-1 lead. So right. that's all that matters. As long as the Nuggets can get one win on the road it's true. and take home court. That's good. Know, yeah. And get home court advantage back. Um, you know, so, so the second thing that I would bring up that is a little bit concerning, and I'm sure our listeners out there notice this, and it's definitely in the news by now. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. 
uh, came up after the after halftime with a back brace and and Michael Malone said that he tweaked his back he noticed he only played 13 minutes in the second half he said that he noticed that MPJ was not moving like he normally does he didn't he didn't appear to be you know as fluid and and he he could just tell that something was off with him in, in terms of health so uh, Michael Malone did say He's going to get rehab on it. Obviously, he expects him to play game two. He doesn't expect it's going to be anything that you know keeps him out. But it's just something to watch yeah, for it's because, a well, especially being the back w- with the back injuries, right? It's it's definitely something that everyone's going to be looking at. And that, you know? and that goes beyond this playoff run. It does. It does. The Nuggets need MPJ, as we've all said. And, and I think you look back to what happened in, and I believe it was Game Six when MPJ had that dominant first quarter, and I think you finally got a glimpse of what it would take for the Nuggets to take that next step to get through this series against Phoenix somebody else has to be able to pick up that slack when Jokic is having an off night similar to what he had last night where he wasn't they were they were getting to him and they they were impacting him you need somebody else to take that on it, it, it's not going to be Faco Composo it's not no. going to be Monte Morris you need Michael Porter Jr. to be that guy right or a Jamal I mean you need another shot creator right. is the thing because I mean here, here's what it comes down to really Will Barton's eyes. also out I mean yeah, he can fill that he role can, he and and hey, hey we're hoping you. to see Will Barton come back in this series right, at some point. Right. So that could be a big boost for the Nuggets um, on, on the positive end of things. I think what you see is um, teams like uh, what, what the Suns did in game one and on, honestly what Portland was trying to do for much of the series was they were saying, okay, we're not going to bring too many doubles on you, Nicola. We're not going to give you the opportunity to just shred us apart with, with slashers and with wide open threes for your teammates. And they said, go. They said, and you know what? Jokic answered the call all throughout that first series, right? I mean, he took those one-on-one matchups, whether it had been against, you know, Yusuf Nurkic or, or Ennis Cantor, or even when he had a, a smaller guy on him, right? Like a wing, he would, he would back him down. So, um, I expect him to rise to the challenge again with this, but but it seems so far through one game that is what the Suns are are kind of trying to get him to do. They're saying, "Hey, we know that you're going to score your points, but we're not going to let you make all these players who, you know, no offense to the rest of the Nuggets, but are not necessarily the strongest playoff they're role players, players, right? They're role players, and they're going to say, "Hey, we're not going to give your role players wide open looks. We're going to make you take tough shots because they think that they got someone in DeAndre Aiden." That can absolutely make Nikola Jokic just take tough shots. And that's all they're kind of asking him to do. So I still have the Nuggets in seven. Uh, that was what I had at the beginning of this series. Uh, well, what about you, Jared? Uh, I, I actually have that. the same thing. I have the Nuggets in seven, and I'm actually more confident in that now, having seen game one, than I was going into the series. Okay. To me, the Nuggets were the better team for most of that game, and things got a little bit out of hand towards the end. So I'm very confident in how the Nuggets play in that game. Even if they don't win game two, I, I think the Nuggets... It, it felt like the, the, the Suns were always chasing the Nuggets and not the other way around. And so I, I, I like the way that the Nuggets match up against the Suns. I think we saw how they matched up against a similar team in the Trailblazers and how they're built. They're very strong at guard play. You know, they're, they're, sure, the bigs are a little bit different. You have more athleticism with the Suns. But I think if you can shut down the guards the way that, to an extent, they shut down Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, that's the the, vic- the 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 course to victory for the Nuggets. I think this next game is a lot more important than most people do. You know, I think if, if Phoenix wins, you could say, hey, they won both games at home. What's really changed in terms of expectations? But I think that if if we're coming back to Denver 1-1, that is, you know, I, I, I think the Nuggets could win in six, if that's the case. Okay, win both games back home. 
and now you're talking about Windsor. If it if you come back home, it's two zero Phoenix. Now we're looking at a situation where if you make one mistake, if one more injury happens, and Phoenix wins a game in Denver, that could flip the series. So I think this next game is actually really important. The Nuggets get the job done and, and, and win in Phoenix. So yeah, I think I think it's important. Um, you know, like, like Jared said, uh, I, I think they're looking at it too in terms of you got to try and get home court advantage back, right? You got to take one. I mean, that's kind of common knowledge yeah, yeah. amongst people that watch serious sports like this. You got to win one game on the road. So I, I get what you're saying though, Tyler, if, if they, you know, win this game, it's going to look a lot better coming back home. Um, but you know, I'm not going to panic even if, if they drop another one. I mean, you got to take care of home court. You got to take care of home court is what it really comes down to. And we're going to have to find a way. The Nuggets are going to have to find a way to steal one game somewhere on the road. And that place was rocking. Yeah, it was. I mean, did you guys notice that? That was. Well, and I noticed uh, Jamal Murray sitting on the bench without a mask. Is that like a. He didn't have a mask on last game either, did he? Okay. Is that. Have we upgraded to that? I don't know. I honestly don't know. What's beyond clear? Is (laughs) that where we're at now? Is level level clear? I go into Home Depot these days. No one's got a mask. I go into Whole Foods. Everyone has a mask. I don't think. Everyone knows what's again, to do. and now it's a political statement. Again, <laughs> exactly. No matter what you do, right. well, I'm just wondering at what point is it become going to become a bad stigma to be wearing a mask because you're the guy that didn't get the vaccine right. then, right? Yeah, I'm I like, well, should I? I They're mean, at 100 capacity either way. So. Oh. Yeah. Well, no, now here's now here's something. So they they were rocking at 100 capacity. The the Phoenix Suns were the Nuggets when they come back home, as we put on our Twitter at Red Rock Sports. Uh, are gonna one. Red Rock Sports oh, One. Sorry, thank you, Jared. Red Rock <laughs> Sports One is our Twitter. Uh, as we put on there, the, the Nuggets are also approved to have a full house for, for this round in, in Ball Arena. So, the, you know, that'll be, you know, 18,000 some odd fans there making a lot of noise. So I fully expect the Denver Nuggets fan base to show yeah, up and, sure. and be loud. Now on digital, Milo Gibson and Lawrence Fishburne star in Under the Stadium Lights, an inspirational true story of a small-town high school football team who fought to beat the odds to turn their lives around and win their state championship. Score your copy of Under the Stadium Lights. Buy or rent it today. Rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures. This podcast is part of the Woos Media Podcast Network. For more shows like this, check out woosmedia.com. Woos Media is a new growing company and are adding new podcasts all the time. Follow them on Twitter at Woos Media. That's W-O-O-Z-E Media for the best new sports podcasts. So I've noticed it in a couple of hockey arenas, and I don't know what the rules it's are state by with state. hockey. Okay, it's a state by and, state and because, thing, uh, and I, I'm slipping on what game it was. I want to say maybe it was out of. Uh, it was probably Carolina. Yeah, Carolina's nuts right oh now. Oh my goodness, it was so. Loud. I'm like, <laughs> it wasn't always this loud, and I'm just like forgetting because I haven't heard that in a while. No, right? Or or are fans just going that much more well, crazy? Because I have to imagine if I'm there, I'm going to be going nuts. Yeah, now, I don't now, know. Now here's something interesting. All right. Um, the the ball arena was approved through I, I believe they do it through the the they work with the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment CDPHE they got approved for the, the 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 verbiage was the next round of the playoffs right and what's interesting about that is the Nuggets tomorrow right on on June 9th are gonna have a full house eighteen thousand people in the same building and the Avs seemingly do not get to have more than 10,000 for the rest of this series against the Golden Knights. Is that how it works? I, I thought, thought that I was immediately for the Avs, nope, too. Nope, like, I, I, nope. Yeah, we said next series, yeah. but like the Avs are already in so, the next series. So No, exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. <laughs> but but And so it, it leaves one to wonder, 
what is going on there? Was there some sort of weird rule that they had to kind of circumvent? Or, or was it, I mean, hey, was it literally just something as trivial as we put the verbiage in with the state that we would get approved for the next round of the playoffs well, and I, now they have to stick to it? I mean, what is so going crazy. on here? Okay, first of all, way overthinking it. These guys are way overthinking if that's <laughs> the right. case. Like, come on, move faster. But I actually wonder, the NHL has had a lot more issues within the players, the organizations, with COVID outbreaks. As I wouldn't say outbreaks. I don't know that you've really had outbreaks this season, but I mean, we saw with the Blues, uh, you know, in the series yeah. against the Blues, guys in, in COVID protocol. You really, throughout the NBA... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There really has been no issues this year, so so maybe that factors into it a little well, bit. Well, Jared, I, I don't know. my understanding of it from reading a couple articles today is that it's actually through CDPHE, the Colorado Public Health Agency, and, and so you got some stickler that right, approves there's not it. Some, it's just like there's not. It, it, but this is what happens like, when people who don't specialize in something get to make decisions for that something. We see it all the time in college athletics where there's people in charge of a university making decisions for the football team. It's like, well, it doesn't really match up. You know, incentives aren't aligned all the time when you're doing that. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But either way, there's going to be fans. It's going to be exciting whether the Avs fill it up this series or next series. Well, that's what I was going to say. Here's the solution to that problem. You just have to win this series. Right, right. <laughs> Two well, more games either way. Yeah, before we get on to the Avalanche, I want to have some fun here, okay? So the the three of us have compiled our top jerseys in Colorado sports, professional sports of all time. Oh, we're gonna do this now. Yes, huh? we're gonna do this now. We're gonna <laughs> all right. We gotta right. have some fun. We gotta we, we gotta show the listeners bit. just how wrong yes. both of my co okay. my, my co host okay. and our okay. producer is. So okay. you will find this on Twitter. If you guys aren't following us already, you should go follow us and and follow along as we're going through this because you guys will be able to see our selections on Twitter at okay. Red Rock Sports One. Thank you. And Connor. we'll put a poll up too, <laughs> so people can vote on who got it uh, correct. Yeah, and we want to know. Yeah, we want to get your guys' up? thoughts. A poll. A poll. Oh, pull up. Yeah. Gotcha. I was thinking like pull up. No, like, well, like, Connor like certainly depends. has never done a pull up, so he has no idea what that oh, is. I was thinking like depend. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. What's anyway. a pull up? <laughs> I was thinking like the Connor's a kid in Connor's who couldn't do one pull Connor up. Connor goes from I can't do pull ups to now I'm wearing pull ups. <laughs> That's where <laughs> he go. took that yeah, conversation. Nice. You did that to yourself then. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Without further ado. But here the rules are. Oh, yes. Connor, no no Connor, college please, jerseys. Help me give me the rules. No college jerseys. Only pros. And no alternates. Which, so it has to be the official home or away jersey for any given season for these teams. That makes it really difficult. Yeah, because the, the alternate jerseys are all awesome. I, I've decided every jersey I love is an alternate. Yeah. They're all alternates. <laughs> I know, yep. right? Yeah, me too. But uh, yeah, anyway, let's also, get to it. Also, do they even have like actual official jerseys anymore? Because they do. the yeah, Nuggets like, wear their alternates <laughs> more often than they wear their official yeah, jerseys. Yeah, the Rockies rocking the alternates all the time. I know, because yeah. I want... Yeah, okay. Okay, we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. We'll get there. Okay, Connor, I'm going to start with you. Oh. Give me your best uniform you've ever seen for a Colorado sports team. And why? Just the best one. We just start with just one. Start, I'm with sorry, number start one. with one. Yep, oh, Connor didn't one. get in on the rules before yeah, right. the show. <laughs> we're we're going to each go around uh, on our first couple here, okay? All right, all right. No, that's fair enough. Uh, I want to uh, just preface before I go with one here uh, that I think all three of us, the rules on this were pretty loose, right? It yeah, was like your yeah, favorite yeah. thing. So, so I think we kind of all have our own uh, reasoning criteria. criteria. There you go. So, um, when I was looking at this from a conglomerate, you know, two thousand foot view, right? I was kind of taking three things, really two things, into account, right? I was taking number one, um, how iconic and and memorable they are, like meaningful, and and how iconic they are to the state, right? Whether that's 
iconic moments or whether that's just like the design that's iconic. I was looking at what is an I- iconic jersey for the state of Colorado, right? Well, even the word iconic is a loose term. How do you define that? So (laughs) Connor set himself up for something. Go on, go on. I got you. Iconic. Uh, You you know, and and memorable, right? So like the moments that happened in that jersey definitely meant something to me when I was going through this list. It wasn't just a visual appeal, but that leads me to criteria number two, which certainly was visual appeal. And we'll definitely, I'll definitely get into that as I go. Yeah, I'm not as deep as Connor. I'm like fully on the surface here. Okay. <laughs> I just right. want to right. put that All right. out there. Jared's a simpleton. <laughs> okay. So, so I went the number one jersey of all time, and I am sure our listeners are going to agree on this. Okay. You can't just say it. You can't influence the listeners here. The classic orange Bronco uniforms with the light blue helmet, old D logo, uh, the specifically the jersey that was worn uh, on John Elway and the boys in 1986 for arguably the most iconic sports moment in this state's history, the drive against the Cleveland Browns. I went with the orange Bronco uniforms from 1986. Okay. The powder I'm blue. The powder blue. All about the helmet, it. the powder blue, the powder blue helmet, helmet. Yes. Yes. yeah, the yeah, orange of jerseys. Of course, now they have the orange jerseys with the the dark, yeah, the navy know, blue. I felt my reasoning was I felt it was the it was one of the biggest, most memorable, iconic moments in all of Colorado sports history. Uh, it's it's certainly one of the most famous moments in in Bronco career, right? Uh, and then I also my my secondary reason is, hey, like it or not, this is a Broncos uh, state. I mean, I mean, this is a football country more than more than I mean we love our nuggets we love our abs we love our rocket we love all of them but first and foremost this is a Broncos town they've had the most success here uh, and, and, and they really have the biggest following so I kind of went I edged them over my number two because of the fact that they're the Broncos you're just think, you're just selling out that, I think you're that when selling you go, out when you go with he's Broncos going too, for a mass appeal here yeah well yeah. you know when you when you think of Colorado sports you think Broncos I mean around but the you're country just jumping around on the, world. the retro bandwagon yeah, that's nobody loved those jerseys until all of a sudden like two or three ago two year, two or three years ago now all of a sudden they're the greatest jerseys look, ever I like the oranges I think it's a so, good look that's number, where I go. number one overall I think that's a bit of a stretch all but, right well yeah. that that was my I, my reasoning that I was have where to I'm say and one of the things you'll see through my list here that this this doing this list made me realize is I'm not a fan of the orange. Really? I'm just not. I, I, love, I love the blue. See, I, like the, I love the I white. like the old orange. I feel like the, the orange, orange is great is like really as like an alternate. Again, like once or twice a year, throw that out. It's fun. It's different. I just love the way those blue jerseys In the stadium, look. though, it's so I get intimidating. The yes, the I get the orange stadium uh, intimidating. Uh, road stadiums, well, especially yeah. when and you see them travel. Hey, hate it or love it. I mean, I'm pretty sure we can all at least agree that it's it's polarizing. Right, yes. it is a polarizing jersey. Nobody because, else has yes, that color. It is, and, and the great helmet, uniform. great helmet. And, I, all right, the Jared, helmet. Anyways, there we go. That's one. my number one. Okay, so. my number one Jared. is a little more nostalgia for me. And again, it's just on the surface. There's no personal meaning or memories or anything great that really even particularly happened with these jerseys. And that's the the jerseys the Denver Nuggets wore the original dark blue when they first went to the navy blue with the red and then the gold that's the key it's the gold now they're on the yellow and i'm just not a fan of this yellow so when you say original dark blue just to let everyone know uh, again check us out on twitter at red rock sports one but this was the 1994 to 2002 road jersey so 94 to 02 the roads and and a lot of this goes back uh 
for anyone that was you know born in the 80s 90s that you we all remember the starter jackets right yeah and man that nuggets logo across that starter jacket man i was cool <laughs> wearing that thing around the all school right. man I, that's I my number one so it was this i can tell you didn't put oh, that's your number one into the number right. one oh, right. like oh. a random one it's oh. like you picture it in a hat Jared, let me it's, ask you it's this the is forgotten this one now, now they've basically gone back to this look okay, now okay, because it's so have good. At, least, at least connor had a reason for his let me one. let me ask you a question though so this is the jersey right that outside of the admittedly great moment when Dikembe Mutombo is screaming with the ball over yeah. his head after they that, beat the Supersonics. That is the moment. Okay. Outside of that, these are like the most trash years of the Nuggets <laughs> I'm franchise. I'm just saying on the surface appearance. <laughs> right? Am I right? I'm not yeah. saying it had any meaning. Yeah, not, it looks arguably the worst looking uniforms yeah. too in my opinion. <laughs> no. So this is just Get a trash here. number oh one God, all around. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know how much, hey. I don't know how many votes Jared's going to be getting. Again, no, you guys can all vote for weak. this on Twitter. All right. My number one so a lot of my jerseys, I did go more along the lines of what Connor did. Memories, what happened in these jerseys? What can we look back and think so of seeing this team these in these jerseys? Oh, that's what it comes down well, to. Well, I for went me. aesthetics big time too. Yeah, but also it comes it down to how cool they are. You guys got to right? understand our target I'm, I'm audience. To, no, here, I'm, okay? I'm relating to the kids. I'm, I'm the relating to here. the people that are in their 30s and 40s and, and <laughs> endured these jerseys. Okay, I, these jerseys. Maybe Connor talks about iconic. These jerseys may be the most iconic jerseys of all time. And they're the rainbow Nuggets jerseys. Now, I put on the Twitter post, on the Twitter picture, the white jerseys, even though it's interchangeable, whether it's the white rainbow, the road rainbow, the overall rainbow Nuggets jerseys, I think are the most iconic. You ask any, here's how I judge this. You ask anybody right now in Denver, you're walking down the street, you're walking down 16th Street, you ask a random person, hey, what's the most iconic Denver jersey of all time? I bet... I bet, you know, 30, 40% of people would say this jersey. I think we get scattered. No, those official numbers. No way. No way. You're we getting get almost everyone's going to say the Broncos old uniform. No way. If the anything, Broncos, Broncos town. It's That's not what they're going to say. Not, if anything, they're going to say Thank like you, alternate jerseys or the mile <laughs> high jerseys, something like that. You're going to get the rainbow Nuggets jerseys more than anything. I love these. I think that these are by far the most memorable, iconic Denver jerseys. So I have the rainbow jerseys number one overall. Okay. All right. Um, All right. Let's get back to Connor. Number two. So number two for me. Um, so by I, the way, I think we're each going to give an ex- explanation for our one and two, and then for three, four, five, we'll just yeah. Run we start. Through. We start to cross some paths on yeah, a lot exactly. of them after that. Yeah. You know. So uh, number two, uh, I did go with the. Uh, I, I you know agree with with Tyler over there. The rainbow. I, I went with rainbow. the rainbow skyline. C, although. I did specifically go the the royal blue uh, skyline. I think I think aesthetically that looks so much better than the the home white. I like the whites. Um, it's more it's more noticeable. Yeah, you, it's get, more, the, you do get the rainbow. Yeah, see, I, well, I, I just like okay. the blue. But, and but looking you know at the two of you in the way you're dressed right now, Tyler pops. Yeah, let's go. No, let's go. Connor's ahead. kind of blending into the the background. I'm wearing you my know, cool black shirt. Yeah, I think it, I think it pops. To be 100 percent honest, Gordon but, likes his ladies. But I'll say this. All right, I'll say this. The in terms of the aesthetics. I think it is the best looking jersey in Colorado sure. sports That's history. That's why I had number one. So, so I wanted to put them number one, but I had to bump them to number two because of what I said about this being a Broncos country. This is Broncos country. So I had to bump them down, and it wasn't quite as iconic in my mind. So I brought them down. Just oh, They're like 1B. How, okay, many, they're 1B. How, how many wins did they have in uh, those? Yeah, because there wasn't a whole <laughs> lot no, more. So you guys just gave me so much crap. Okay, I will say this, okay? Those were the I will say 
these are just such great uniforms that it overcame a lot of the other part of my criteria of the shortcomings of the moments. But, okay, some of the best players in Denver Nuggets history donned this uniform. Alex English, Dan Issel. I mean, uh, Dikembe Mutombo had had some time in this uniform. Th- there are some great years. You guys want to hear me do my Dikembe uh, impression? Oh, I think it got this one. Dikembe Mutombo. Come on the show. Come on the podcast. You talk about a few things. Okay, that's terrible. What is that's not that, that is, bad? That kind of sounded like Kermit the Frog. That is a Kermit. <laughs> that is more like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's my number. That's my number two. Okay, uh, Jared. I think those are fun. I, I I do have that on my list. I'll just I'll jump past my two for a second to tell you that's you don't third have to on my list. It. You okay? don't have to give it the I whole backhanded. It. It's it's fun. It's a throwback. It's something that's different. It stands out. I I think it's you've got a number three. Most, you got those number yeah, three. Yeah. yeah. So that's my number three. It's a fun one. You guys, you guys done, did good there. But your number my two, my number two, yep. is the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl winning jerseys for the Denver Broncos. Actually, I shouldn't say that because they weren't wearing the, the blues. I don't think they were. It's, it they was were. okay. They were the Broncos the blue. blue. For the first. Yep. And and, and that there's a couple okay. of reasons for that. Yeah, Connor for the wants to talk about the, yeah. the sentimentality to it. That's one of my first memories of sports. Oh man, the is helicopter that, Super Bowl, the helicopter. Helicopter. Yeah, um, I was sure. I think eight years old at the time. I mean, that's when you, and you really know, dive the into the Broncos sports. were twelve point underdogs against Green Bay that game. Yep. Yeah. Twelve point underdogs. And I had yeah. no idea what, like that was so big at that moment right. when, when it happened. But it's not just about winning the Super Bowl in it. When the Broncos came out with that jersey, first of all, it was such a contrast from what the the previous uniforms were, and they were just clean uh, and fresh. It was a new look. You see that all was. the time now, but it was a completely different look when they came out with that. I loved it. I thought it was well, the coolest thing in the and, world. And think of this, because that was the first year they were wearing those, right? Uh, they lost to Jacksonville, right? That loss to Jacksonville in the year before when they had no business <laughs> losing that game and they lost the game to Jacksonville when they were the heavy favorites, right? Uh, how often does it happen when a loss is just so bad yeah. and detrimental that you have to change, change your entire <laughs> right. uniform? Throw them out. Nope, nope. Do not put those back in the locker room. So, yeah, no, I, I like to pick Jared. Well, and, All right, so, so yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it took them switching over to the orange and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm into getting back to the orange for a couple of years. And then they throw out, which is actually my favorite, which is the all blue, which is an alternate with the blue pants. Yeah, that's the alternate. Whew. Okay, so that's why I have number two, the all white jerseys. Why do white jerseys get passed on? I think white looks sleek. It's cool. Just because it's an away jersey doesn't mean it's not good. I love the white on white Broncos jerseys. You talk about nostalgic moments. They've won two Super Bowls in the white on whites. Sure Super did. Bowl two and three, the most recent one with Peyton Manning. So great memories, great moments. Um, and I love Peyton the white. Peyton did look good in those, Peyton looked he? great on it. I love the white on white. Again, I don't understand why you know people don't like these more. I think it's sleek. I love the look of the blue helmet with the white Bronco. Number two overall. I would have these number one if I if these rainbow jerseys weren't so sick. You know, if everyone didn't know <laughs> about these. So, number two, Broncos, all whites, two Super Bowls, lots of great memories. 
Why don't and, you just uh, go ahead and run through the rest of yours, well, there, Tyler? Well, so oh, let, oh, hang on, I didn't go. Oh, oh, you're oh, you're gonna go now. The we just did our one of the teams. Yeah, now yeah, we're, we're go quickly gonna go yeah, through yeah, three, yeah, four, go through, five. Go through but I've got to give. I'm skipping the line here. I've got to give my number three first because yeah, my number three is one of the most unique jerseys in history. I don't even history. know what it is. It's the old Colorado Rockies hockey jersey from from '76 to '82. So. Now, those Colorado Rockies are the New Jersey Devils, but when they were here in Colorado mm -hmm. as the Rockies, it's that blue Colorado with the mountain look. The they've got the red and uh, the red and uh, uh, yellow. So, so pants. that was an aesthetics pick for you. It's, oh, it's kind of yeah, almost just, like just, the that was home. that was like awesome. the most unsuccessful franchise oh, in Colorado sure. sports history. They weren't arguably. great, but that's just a no, jersey no, I would still wear when I see people wearing those <laughs> at the Pepsi Center Ball Arena, whatever it's all right, called. All right, I love enough. it. I think that's the coolest looking jersey besides the rainbow one. So I guess mine was a lot, a lot uh, aesthetic. Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, Connor's number three was Jared's number two, and Jared's number three was Connor's number two. Yeah. So, so you guys. So we're in on, on the rainbow, the rainbow nuggets, and the Broncos blue or white. That, exactly. That look, all three of us love. Now the number four, Connor and I both have the baby blue Nugs jerseys. Love those. Baby the blues. worst uniforms in the history of Colorado sports. Why? I love the, the baby blues. No, it's not a dude. It's, it, you, you just—it's not the colors. It's like when the CU Buffs went to baby blue. It's just not your colors, man. Yeah, it's but just I not—I love it. And, it and that was the introduction of the yellow back in the uniform. It's so also they got rid of the gold. Chauncey and Mello, oh dude. I miss those days. Uh, yes. I have to say one thing about the baby blues here. All right, I have to say one thing about them. All right, you can love them, hate them, whatever you want on those colors. The reason I love them so much was two things. One. That is when the Nuggets got back on the map. Right. Carmelo Glory days. took sure, us sure. right back to, to relevancy, okay? That's one. And so I've already told you that's a big part of my criteria, right? Is that is so meaningful to the Nuggets franchise those days. But even more importantly, you want to know why I think it's such a great jersey? Because I think that the old gold, red, blue jerseys were arguably the worst jersey yeah, in all of they, Colorado well, sports. Why did they go <laughs> they back to such, it? Why have they gone they back to it? They were such garbage. You realize that, that literally the, the popping blue, refreshing nature of it was just like, oh, thank God I don't have to look at this monstrosity anymore. Connor, you realize just the let, lettering on the new uniforms, <laughs> the ones that just say nuggets across the front, I believe that's like the same exact lettering. It's just instead of being predominantly red with a gold trim it's the yellow yeah except for you know what the the colors now they pop a little bit more there it's a little bit cleaner you can actually read Plus, the look nuggets how shiny on it. those jerseys were right, they're like right. sleek they look like silk right, i like right, those right, right. that's true <laughs> and, and you know what they brought the and you you talk about the current nuggets that they at least brought back the pickaxe logo which is really cool yeah. they brought back the pickaxe it looks a lot more modern than those just atrocious golden burgundy <laughs> disgusting Boy, he's, he's digging I in know. here hey you know he's, what he loves himself a baby blue uniform right, no and he's complaining hey, about they that pop, here's right? the here's the issue i have with the baby blue uniforms um White guys don't look good in baby blue. It's just, it's just no good. I, I, I'm sorry. It's just you need your whole team to be out there looking. Jared's could you always imagine thinking about what his Jokic? translucent skin's going to look good in? You, could you imagine Jokic in those uniforms? <laughs> he, he'd be like invisible, man. You wouldn't even see him there. Uh, okay. All right. What's your number four? My number four. We are on white. We're all kind of going with some white uniforms. So I'm going with the Colorado Avalanche uniforms and a. Uh, Casual fan may not notice. These are from, I think it was like 97 to 04. Let me let me look at, sorry, 99 to 07. From 99 to 07. Now, a casual fan will look and be like, the Avalanche have never really changed their uniforms. And overall, you're right. It's been subtle changes, 
and and this was the uniform I found that was the the primo. Now the biggest issue I have with the uniforms now those blue helmets. What the hell are you thinking? Well, and the blue shorts. And the, the blue shorts. It's. Yeah. I think the Avs. There's like a reason them. I didn't have an Avs jersey on my top five. I think the Avs jerseys are not very good. See, I haven't liked me, them for a while. The style, I, don't know. I love the alternate jerseys. The style of the Avs uniform actually reminds me a lot of the style of the Nuggets jersey that I have for my number right. one. Kind of that. <laughs> right. Like, not right. quite retro yet. We're not We're not to there yet, but it's like, it's my nostalgia. You know, I would from love, when I grew up, I would love for the Avs to do a rebranding. Jared went really heavy nostalgia yeah, he for, did. for yeah. his thing. But yeah. let, let me just say that I, I just why you mentioned the, the burgundies, uh, I also had the, uh, although I, I picked the, the variant that was the uh, more burgundy instead of white. So you had blue. actually what used to for, be for number the road five, Conrad, in, yeah. in the road five. colors. Now they flip flopped it. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. now right. the colors. Yeah. But, but honestly, just kind of how, just like how Tyler said that he could kind of switch out the rainbow skyline. This is actually the only one on my list that I kind of felt that same way about. Like I could totally switch out with your white variant that you had. So there's a reason I have the you white know? instead of the the burgundy. Oh, do tell. It's the white helmet. The white helmet Ooh. makes it. It makes Ooh, the right. outfit. Okay. It just it brings it all together, and that's why it, I didn't realize it until I saw these blue. Just ugh, well, you what know, are they wearing now? It doesn't even work. It doesn't you match. Know what, it's though, not the right color. It's a, it's a great jersey because that is when Colorado got a hockey team back. Yeah. Uh, Colorado got a hockey team back, and 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 they were the Nordiques, which uh, the Tyler Nordiques. is is wearing the Quebec Nordiques jersey. Yes, uh, and so. You know, to my criteria, of course, having moments and iconic uh, moments as a huge part of my thing. It was a huge, huge moment when the Colorado Avalanche were created as a franchise from the Quebec Nordiques, which means what? Am I, am I wrong on this? Is it Northmen? Is that what Nordiques mean? People I of the North. Know. I think it is people of the North. There you go. Uh, anyways, it was a great moment coming in with with the all these players. I believe well, it wasn't Patrick Waugh on the Nord. Uh, uh, no, Quebec? yeah, no. yeah, he was with he was uh, he was with uh, Patrick uh, Waugh was not. They traded for Patrick Waugh in that inaugural season. I, I believe that he played uh, for the no, Quebec. No, he was on the I'm Canadians. Sure. He was Canadian. Oh, oh yeah, I think okay. you're right. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, there's like a, a famous well, thing go. where he tells his coach off and says, "Adam, F and trade me, no. or I won't play." Adam Foot was on the Quebec Nordic. Isn't it funny well, that I, I we think Sackick was as well? We got Patrick Waugh because. He said, I'm not playing for you. Get rid of me. We got John Elway because he refused to go to the Colts. <laughs> we got Peyton best Manning. Because, he refused, right? Yeah, uh, we yeah. got a lot of our best players because they just refused to you know, deal with their modern situation. So Aaron Rodgers next in line. <laughs> right. huh? But overall, good <laughs> job, guys. We, we will post these on Twitter. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? I'm the only one that didn't throw my fifth out well, there. Well, I didn't throw my fifth out there either. I know, but your fifth was already already yeah, gone. It was and discussed. I have to bring some light because I'm what, a little dude, surprised. Your fifth is the white on white Rockies. This guy over here dude, is the, the worst top five. I actually really wanted to go purple because I love I wanted purple. to go the the Todd Helton black vest, oh, yeah. raising his what, hands no, up. What, that's what, the alternate. What are you, 12 years old? No, wearing that's a vest, the vest out on the uniform. The Rockies black vest are the coolest things. No, nobody over the age of 12 should be in a baseball jersey I will Never forget okay. Todd Helton catching that ball, looking up to the sky with both hands oh, as yeah. the Rockies clinch. I caught it that yes. one heading for him. If if <laughs> uh, we could do all, and we'll do alternates in the off season. Next couple of weeks we'll do alternate jerseys. No, and I love now that. Now let one. me give one quick rundown here, okay? Now that you've given well, well, Jared, uh, oh, you have Jared, anything to sorry. say about your fifth sorry, jersey? Yeah. No, Jared, no, Jared, no, Jared, no, 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 I'm sorry. Stripes. I'm sorry for having disturbed Jeez. the audience here. Okay, <laughs> Connor, by all means, uh, hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, I don't Come on, those it. are clean, man. I mean, They're so good, so, they've so never had to change I just them. don't get how they go. We're, this is top five. And Tyler, what's, a, res what's your fifth? Just uh, it's, it's, the, it's your number one, the 
the orange, the orange, the, you mean the best, the best. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. but so. but I, I had written down because you said this '86. I have the whole range because they started in '77 and then they tweaked them in '86 and wore them all the way to '97. So I just like the whole era of that blue with the with the. Uh, a blue helmet with the orange right. jersey, yeah. Now, now, let me just say something real quick before we move on. And we'll, we'll, again, we'll put this on Twitter. We'd love oh to God, see your guys' reactions. Honor. Come argue with us. Hey, so I went ahead and took the liberty, uh, me being the the uh, stat-minded person I am. Uh, I went mm. and I looked and I, saw, I, I calculated all the total points off our list. So basically, if it was a number one, it got five points. Number two, got four points, okay. et cetera. And then I removed all uh, ones that were not on at least two lists. Okay. Right? And I ranked them. So we came up with a conglomerate top five based off of our individual rankings. All right. What is it? Number one would be the Nuggets Rainbow Skyline. And actually, it was tied, but I just changed it because of you, Tyler. There we go. Who told me that you could switch your white to the blue. So, there we go. So we're going to go Rainbow Skyline is our, okay. con- that our, is our I was going to say, I think that's the only one, one we all three have. It is the only one we all three have. The rest of these on this list are only two of us that have. But... Uh, number two. My whole list is just like eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, right. No, num- number two is the Bronco Blue uh, that they wore in the Super Bowl 1997. Okay. Is it 97? Man, I could well, be I wrong. I think the Super that. Bowl itself uh, happened in 1998, but... Yeah, 98. It's know. right behind you on the wall, Jared. The, there you what, go. What date is that <laughs> up top? January 25th, 1998. <laughs> right, there we go. The, 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 wow, the Super they Bowl used jerseys. to do those early. I forgot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I know, January. right? Wow. So that's number two. Uh, number three would be the Broncos Classic Orange, 1986. Okay. Uh, the drives jerseys, powder blue helmets, the or the D with the Bronco on it. Uh, and then uh, next in fourth place would be the Nuggets powder blue jerseys that Jared just hates so <laughs> I love much. It. I love it. Uh, and this, number this five. This whole show is against me. You're number, all hey, teaming hey, up against hey, me. Hey, you got one in here, okay? You got one in, in the conglomerate ratings. Number five is the Avs burgundy and white because I go. said I could switch it to the white or burgundy. It doesn't matter to me. Okay. Uh, neither of them stick out to me m- more than the other. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Avs. Uh, that's our number five conglomerate rating. I, I need there everybody out there listening, go find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. I need you guys to have my back here. Tell me I'm not crazy. No. Uh, these guys are looking at me here like some of these uniforms I'm throwing out. Dude, I, the old Nuggets we've, jerseys. We've known the ear No, I'm Cheer telling it. you, I think the audience the out there is going to understand where I'm we'll coming see. from. I don't think it's going to be close. No. I think I'm going to destroy you. It's going to definitely be the, the Broncos orange and the Nuggets smart. skyline. I, I think Connor went in with some strategy choosing the, the Broncos orange because yeah, right. we'll I, I, I think he's going to get a lot of people going. Well, and the Rainbow so. Skyline. They're both great. So. Sure, yep. sure, sure. Anyways, there we go. I'm excited to do our alternate jerseys. Those are the real juicy But that's the, that's the fun thing about the offseason. And keep in mind, I'm filling in for Ryan. You know, the, the normal producer will be back in uh, I don't know, a couple weeks. But during the offseason, you know, there's a whole bunch of things to dive into. Best alternate jerseys, for sure, the whole jersey thing. Also, best college jerseys. And then we get off the jerseys and go best coaches, best Denver sports moments. So there's a lot to get into in the offseason when there's not, not that many We're sports We're just going holding on. it back a little yeah, exactly. bit on you guys. No, we have plenty uh, plenty to talk about here with, with two teams uh, making, hopefully, deep runs into the playoffs here. We talked about one already in the Nuggets. Before we get out of here, Let's we need to talk abs, about Avs, baby. Yeah, big uh, game. Again, they're playing tonight. We're recording Tuesday night. In fact, we better... Better, uh, 
Mosey up here, boys. Um, no, mosey up means go slow. We got to oh, hurry up. Opposite. An- yeah. Antithesis of mosey yeah, up. We got we to gotta hurry. Well, you know yeah. what speed I move at, so that's actually fast <laughs> for me. <laughs> right? So, uh, Avalanche play tonight in a very similar situation to where we were one week ago with the Nuggets. They didn't look good. In fact, haven't looked good. I would argue outside of game one in this series. Well, well, the and, and to say they haven't looked good, they've been outplayed by the Vegas Knights the last three games. Yeah. Even though they won one of them, they very easily could be down three to one. How concerned are you with the this game and with this series? Well, that depends if Patrick Nemeth sits out and we get Bowen Byron back in the lineup. Uh, for those who who forgot or don't know or haven't really been following the Avs this year, Bowen Byram's one of the young defenders the Avs drafted only one or two years ago who's immediately filled in. I mean, we all talk about Kale McCarr because Kale McCarr may be one of the best defenders in the NHL, but Bowen Byram's right in that category or at least a step below to where... He's done really well for the Avs this year. Now, what's happened is he lost his spot because of injury injuries at the end of the year, and Patrick Nemeth has filled in, and he's played bad. I'd say he is the one glaring weakness on the Avs, and you may say, well, what do you mean? Patrick Nemeth, could he really be affecting us that negatively to where it's his fault? Yes, because he's turning the ball over so much in the Avs zone, it's giving Vegas all kinds of opportunities to shoot quick, catch a... Uh, uh, Grubauer off his mark. And so these turnovers have to stop. And it's one thing the Avs can can change. They're really, I mean, this is not a team who turns the ball over or turns the puck over, right? So I don't think it's a huge concern, but Patrick Nemeth has played horrible the last couple games. So again, this, this is in a few hours. I can't find right now. So that's going to be a big deal. You know, did Patrick Nemeth play? That's what we should ask ourselves tomorrow because no one's going to hear this before the game. So what we should kind of approach this as... Uh, did Patrick Nemeth play, right? Did Bowen Byram get in? That's the first thing I'm going to look for. And if Nemeth does play, does he rebound and have a good game? But really, I think we should look at this as what's the narrative if the Avs win tonight and what's the narrative What's the narrative if the Avs lose tonight? Because a loss, I mean... They're in trouble. Exactly. Now we're looking Big at trouble. losing all the momentum. At least right now, it's still 2-2. Each, each home team's won on their own ice. Maybe it's been ugly at times. Maybe it's not what we expected. This series is gone how it's supposed to go. So if the Avs lose this game going back to Vegas, we're in a world of hurt. But the, you know what? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I 100% agree with you, Tyler. And, and that's a good way to, to approach this, right? When we're, we're kind of looking beyond this game, right? We're, we're working forward. Uh I kind of look at this so far through, you know, through these first four games. The Avalanche have been outplayed the last eight periods of hockey, the way I see it. Um, they got absolutely outplayed in my eyes, both all three periods of both the games in Vegas. And they got outplayed for at least a but, period and a half. But I want to be, oh, second I home be game. clear with something. That win. I want to be clear about something. Shots on goal should not reg- re- re- reflect but it's or not represent just the but shots okay. on goal. Good. It's I want to make that troll. Not just the it's, shots. The, it, okay. it's the because energy. Because that's one thing. If you just look at shots on goal, no, that's the conclusion that, a lot of people will come that, to, but I don't point. know if I necessarily agree that it's been total domination. I mean, the let's not forget, well, the, Avs were winning. the Avs but. were winning with eight minutes to go in the third period right. in game three. So... While they may not have played the best game, look at the Nuggets in the in the Suns. The Nuggets arguably dominated the game, but the it's, Suns come away with the win, reverse, right? Yep. So, so I don't care. What I care is who gets the win at the end of the day. That that that's well, that, and, the and that's the thing. thing with this. As we're talking about both scenarios here, when you talk about if they come away with a win, 
you're right back there, and exactly. all of a sudden you're in control. But guys, you're guys, we talked now. about this. Vegas, <laughs> I mean, they're right there as good as Colorado. Like these two teams are not necessarily right. mirror images of each other, but they're both elite. And Tyler, teams. I think you called it in our last show when you said that. Yeah, game one, they were tired, <laughs> seven to one game. Exhausted. Exactly, that was a fluke. Exhausted, and you've seen game by game their energy, their equaling it's, out. It's, it's exactly, but, but also like that seven to one game was a fluke. The last five to one win in Vegas, 100%. you know that that's not going to happen again. So I fully expect the Avs to come back, get the win tonight, and we're looking at a situation going to Vegas to wrap the series. Up. Does Jared Bednar continue to play with his top line? He's he's been moving yeah, those guys around, things yeah. like that. They've they, they've struggled. They the Knights have done what I didn't think could be done after what I saw in that first series, and they've right. really slowed down that first line for the Avs. I don't. It's a matter of time. It's I, like, is this just cor- uh, yeah, uh, uh, market correction yeah, because it was so dominant? If you're a shooter in basketball, you keep shooting. If you if you're Tom Brady and or you're Aaron Rodgers and you've thrown eight incompletions in a row, you want to get out there and throw again. So I think the, that's fine. And wait, didn't they have like six, uh, Rantanen, uh, McKinnon, and Landeskog? Didn't they have like six goals in like 12 points between them after two games or something? So they got off to a fast start yes, this year. but and I don't know the exact stats. I don't know the they, exact they stats have either. Not, yeah. They've not had really any... Uh, full strength production over the last couple of games. It's all been power play. Yeah, the five on production. five it needs a little and, bit of work. And, and, but. and I think what's key, and a lot of people don't know this, and, and maybe Tyler, you could probably explain this better than I can, but as the home team, you control shift changes. Yeah, so you get the, So what happens is the away coach has to put his line on the ice first. So this is at stoppages, icing, well, icing, you have to stay on the ice, but uh, if, it's a, if it's a TV timeout or the, the puck went in the stands or something like that, the away team has to put their line on first mm. so the home team coach goes oh okay they're putting their uh, uh fourth line out there i'm gonna counter put my first line out there but what you'll see happen a lot of times is coaches playing with each other's kind of heads for strategy and what you'll see bedner do sometimes is he'll put our fourth line out against their first line hoping we can win a face-off create them playing defense for their whole shift. Now the first line's coming on tired. We're putting our first line on healthy. So it's a whole strategy. It's a whole game within the game who you're putting on the ice. So big advantage for the home team every single game. And what what you saw... I'm sorry, go ahead, Connor. No, I was just saying that's that's an interesting thing that I, uh, until I've, I've spoken with you over this past year or two, I did not realize that right. my whole life as a hockey fan. I had no idea that the home team got the, the final know, change. The final yeah, change. Yeah, sure. A lot of times shift, it happens before the cameras come back. Exactly. So we don't ever Or it's just it. so fast right. now and I, these coaches I, are so used I, to I, doing it. It's not something I've noticed. And, and I didn't realize the impact it could have. So that's a good well, stuff. And, yeah. and what you saw the Golden Knights doing was strategically playing lines against Exactly. The the McKinnon, uh, Landeskog, Rantanen but line. But keep in mind, those were in Vegas, last change, exactly. and it's a whole new game in, in, in Denver. No, so let, let me just say, uh, w- watching kind of my overall takeaway from these games, what, uh, getting back to, you know, I was saying how I, I believe they've been outplayed, right? And it's not just the shots. It, it is, it is a, a purely kind of just watching from a high level and sure. just seeing that, you know what? The Vegas Golden Knights really seem to be controlling the puck. They, they seem to be dumping in the zone and then keeping it in the zone. The The Avs are spending way too much time compared to what I have, have seen in this whole season uh, in their own neutral zone, right? And, or in their own zone and the neutral zone. They, 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 they're not really controlling the puck in the Vegas Golden Knights zone. And I think, to your point, 
shots aren't everything, right? But when you're getting vastly outshot er like these games, it could be an indicator that you're not controlling the puck. You're not doing the things that you need to do to get in position to score. So while I don't think it's everything, I think it shouldn't be ignored. I will say this. You ask what happens if they win, what happens if they lose, right? Um, if the Avs come out win tonight, I don't even care what happens, right? They win, they're in a good position, right? They lose. I think that there is a bit of a difference between having another showing like what we've seen where, where we're getting outshot double, triple, you know what I mean? Just just getting and, and that puck control. It, it seems like Vegas was winning a lot of those 50-50 yeah. uh, pucks, right? Like, like pucks into the zone where they're both skating at it and like somebody has to muscle it out of there, right? Vegas was getting a lot of those. They were controlling the puck. If I see another loss like that, I don't know if the Avs can come back from it. But then again, they are right there with the best team in hockey. So. Well, and that's actually a great point, Connor, because I think that the issue with the series is not the fact that they lost the last two games. It's that they've been pretty well outplayed in the last two games. And so if you could even play in a game where maybe you lose on a fluke goal or, or something in a situation where, man, the Avs actually outplayed them, I think you have the confidence then like, okay, we're back in the series still. Things are still I mean, not on hand. But know. if you go get beat out, get beat bad again, where now you're going on talking, going on four I mean, games I, looking bad, I just it's think hard we're to come back from I that. think we're getting past the point of we're playing the right way. So let's be like, this is game six or game five. five. You play to win but the game. Early in the series, we were saying things like, it's good to see the abs playing a certain way. It's good to see him. That's kind of out the window. Now you need wins. I don't care if the abs come out and look good tonight and get the loss. I'm going to be terrified if they lose this game. Right. It may all be all but over. So yeah, I think this is as close. Yeah. So I think this is as close to a must-win game as you get tonight. I believe the winner of tonight's game wins the series. And I just fall back to the just the joke that the top two teams in the NHL right now are playing in the right. second it round. Is play. Sad. This is why the NHL is as low down on the ratings and the profitability and all that as any league, it's because of things like this. You don't know how to get out of your own way. And I get this was a COVID season, but this isn't a new thing. Playing your own division right. in the playoffs, it makes no sense. Yeah, you get some weird second round matchups. You know, and and uh, it seems like they change up the playoff uh, rules every two or three years and they screw it up every time. Get simple. Best team plays worst team until the hopefully top two teams are in the championship. Yeah, that that's certainly a, a flaw this year and in, in the NHL in general. But look, there's a lot there. You know, uh, the Islanders and the Bruins right now, two really good teams. Tampa Bay should win the Central. So I, I do think that the Avs are on you know elite and everything like that. But there's a lot of other good teams out there who. It's actually hard to tell this year too, exactly. since not everyone played each other. It's going to be Tampa. It's going to be Montreal, and it's likely... I mean, the Islanders are up right now. Who knows in that series? That's a coin flip. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Four good teams should be at the end. If we get Montreal, if the Avs can somehow find a way to get Montreal, I mean, we're talking about, I think, a shoe-in to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, yeah, big game tonight, though. Whoever wins this game tonight, huge, huge lead in, in terms of getting this thing done. All right, let's hope the Avs go out there and put on a big showing for everyone to be happy about as you guys are listening to this uh, coming forward this week. Uh, be sure you guys go on Twitter, follow us at Red Rock Sports One. Vote, give us a vote. Tell us what you think. Who had the best list of the top jerseys 
of all time in Denver sports history. For Connor Holskamp, Tyler Walgie, I'm Jared All. Thanks for tuning in to the Red Rock Sports Podcast. <laughs>